Hello and welcome to the Amber Spycast, your one-stop shop for all things His Dark Materials. We are diving into the Amber Spyglass. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. We can talk about that later. Uh, and we're diving into chapters 9 and 10 of this amazing book. Joanna, we've been waiting for this for like a month. So, so, so don't let us down. What kind of amazing summary do you have for us? Oh, I hope I, hope I can deliver. Let's start. So as they head south toward the Himalayas, Will and Yorick discuss the unique properties of the subtle knife. Will explains how he came to possess the knife and shows Yorick the wound he obtained fighting for it. He tells Yorick that he is supposed to take the knife to Lord Asriel, but first he must rescue Lyra Silvertongue, to which Yorick pledges the bear's help. Once they reach the shore, Will shows an awestruck Yorick how the subtle knife opens windows to other worlds. Afterwards, they begin the three-day journey to Lyra, unaware that both Lord Asriel and the combined forces of the Magisterium are also on their way. Meanwhile, in the world of Chigaze, Father Gomez listens as a little red-haired girl and her brother tell him about a woman who passed through town, unaware and unafraid of the specters, on her way south toward the mountains. He thanks the children for their help and sets off through the hot, silent streets toward the south. Further ahead, Mary Malone has learned a great deal about the Malefa she is traveling with. After three days in their company, she discovers that these creatures have language, fire, and formed a society. Mary realizes that while they are not human like she is, the Mulefa are indeed a people. She concludes to Iching about what to do next and it replies that she should continue her stay. Mary is taken by the Mulefa and works to become a useful part of their intricate and intimate society. One afternoon, while Mary helps to repair the roof of a hut, a flock of giant white birds called Tuolape attack the Mulefa's village, emptying the food supplies and demolishing the wheel store. As a final insult, the Tuolape defecate throughout the decimated village before heading downstream towards the sea. Reeling after the attack, Mary collects the few sea pods that remain uh, to the relief of the anxious Mulefa, for despite the great effort, care, and love that they give them, the wheel pod trees are inexplicably dying. Travis, that was a lot in two short chapters. It was a lot of, of like, I felt like a lot of development. What did you think of those things? It was a lot, and there was a lot of, um, you know, jumping between scenes, a lot more than usual. Typically, we get uh, one one scene per chapter, and this we got, uh, you know, several, and uh, it, it worked. It's it's moving along in a good clip. Yeah, I, I agree too. It's uh, it was more of more of what we've been wanting. Um, the story is moving forward. Uh, and we're learning a lot. It doesn't feel like we're, there's no stagnant action here. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know, I couldn't complain last time about Yurik. Like, he acts like he doesn't even know, like, that he hasn't even really been part of this journey yet. Mm-hmm. This one, he's like, oh, by the way, I would do this only for three people. And he's like, Lyra's like number two or whatever, or mm-hmm. number one. Um, Okay, this is the year. Okay, Yurik's back. Like this is the Yurik I'm thinking of. He really is going to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, also, the number of bears on the boat was maybe a little fewer than in my head. I'm sort of picturing the bears. Right? There was there wasn't that many. Right. Like Twenty bears. Yeah, it was not a lot because weren't there supposed to be at least two hundred? Like where are the rest of the bears? Total, I don't know. Are they waiting? Well, you know. 
there's a whole incongruity now between everything involving the bears on the boat. I mean, everything from Yorick not supposed, he's not, but Yorick shouldn't even be there. Yorick was in the other world and Swain was, you know, was swimming off after uh, eating Lee. And now we've got. Uh, you just drop that. Just drop that in. You know. Uh, you know, after he ate Lee, and then uh, <laughs> and went back to as, as one does. Right, and the next thing we do, we we see him on the boat with like a couple of bears when there should have been bears who were on uh, uh, like a whole village of bears. Yeah. So I'm confused. Yeah, this this struck me a little bit. I mean, the, his personality's back, but I was still like. Okay, so they they hired a sort of band of of um, of uh, I don't know uh, people to run this steam vessel, mm-hmm. and then and, and I guess I'm sort of picturing it as as almost like a sea container vessel, like huge. And yeah. then, oh, it doesn't have to be that big. There's not that many bears. It's sort of literally just like a steamship, a little one. Right. Yeah, it went from like a, a giant, uh, like you said, a container ship in my head, to you know the African Queen. Totally. So I don't know. I love that movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Uh, so he, Yurik, uh, not unexpectedly, of course, because of the way that he was defeated and his mm-hmm. poor armor was defeated into tiny little you know slices. Uh, he's fascinated by the knife here. Wants mm-hmm. to look, like really wants to look at it, and I, I appreciate that Will's like, there you go, like he just sure take a look. And um, Yurik notices some amazing things. One is, that, of course, the so this is the side you use to cut my armor, and tell me about the other side. What does it do? And he holds it up so close to his eye that Will's like, he, like is he going to cut his eye? He's so close, but he knows that it does something else mm-hmm. just by looking at it. That's the kind of skill he has. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So, that was I thought that was really cool. I love it. I love how they I love how in that same in that same section they're talking about just like the dexterity of his hand. Like they're talking about how when he's holding it, you know, he's with his thumb and like Yeah. You didn't mean like the talk and so because they're, you know, he they're metal workers and so they have that kind of dexterity and and they're able to use their hands that way, but um it was really interesting that he was like he could sense it was something he's never like he's like I've never seen this before. Like what is it? Yeah. Do do um, real world polar bears have um, opposable thumbs? Uh, I, I know I know pandas do. I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's he makes a point to say like how their thumbs are opposable. Okay. And how how they work with metal. So it, I don't I don't believe they do. Okay. Um. So he he uh, looks at Will's wound as well. And he's so dialed in. Well, you know, Yurik is such an amazing creature. He knows exactly that blood moss was used on it and other things. Mm-hmm. And, and Will's able to sort of explain, oh, sure, this was the process. This was put on it. And this was put on it. And I had an ointment from a shaman. You know, it's, it's amazing. That's crazy. I wonder if he could smell all the gross stuff from that priest before. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, like if he was just like, hey, Will, just step back just a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of vodka in your That's a lot of vodka and a lot of a lot of sick. You were sick. Just back up. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I almost forgot about that guy. But oh. it is amazing that he that he could tell 
that there was that blood moss was used. And, and again, that he could, that it was something that he didn't know what it was, but he knew it was something. Mm-hmm. And that's just so cool because it's just how astute, you know, just how astute, like the Panzer Bjorn are. They're just so aware. Mm-hmm. Like everything's hype, sort of like hypersense to me. They're super strength and they're hearing, you know, and they're, and they're, their ability to, I don't know. They're just, they're really cool, but yeah. You know, they can't be fooled. You know, that yeah. must be part of it. They're just so perceptive. Yeah. That's, that must be a big part of it. For sure. Um, the, the other people on the ship are a little, they're not sure what to think of Will. And, and part of that is because Will like sometimes has a demon, but sometimes the demon they can't see, or he disappears because his demon of course is, is not a demon at all. Right. And uh, is still dealing with all kinds of issues. Poor oh, guy. That poor guy. He's just trying to feel something right now. Like, seriously, that seems to be what he's going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I wonder if angels aren't... Uh, oh, you know, I didn't even think about it until I said it. But um, angels and demons aren't the same thing. I mean, they're both composed of the same matter. Mm-hmm. They both have, you know, similar skills and abilities. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if uh, angels aren't uh, just demons that aren't tethered. I mean, it would make some sense because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the devil himself was an angel that fell from heaven and all that followed him are, you know, his minions are the angels that followed him. Yeah. So I, I would make sense. So an angel is connected to a soul in some way, another living soul oh no my thought was that uh angels weren't tethered um demons they weren't tethered to a person so they're the same kind of thing except does not require a human to exist yes okay yeah interesting yeah i mean that shoot i mean one paragraph of exposition and that would that could be part of the story yeah yeah, you know, we Fingers love exposition. Crossed. Yeah, yeah we do. Exposition. <laughs> <laughs> I found this journey to be sort of fascinating, too, and, and where they were going and how uh, the rivers were swollen because of the melting polar ice caps and uh, how far they could go before the water got too shallow. And it was kind of astonishing how far south they went mm-hmm. before it was like, right. yeah, this is as far as we can go in this lake. Mm-hmm. I love the tool of the the river journey, like the upriver journey in any literature, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and from like Apocalypse Now to to this, and then you know, I talked a little bit earlier about the African Queen. I just think it's a it's a, a really interesting way to explore characters mm-hmm. and have a lot of those exposition dumps and still feel and and still move the story along. Mm-hmm. Anaconda. Anaconda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the greats. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, that is sort of a it, you get they're moving at the same time they're able to converse and and build their relationship, but they're mm-hmm. still like moving in, in some. It's not like they're stopped in some village talking, mm-hmm. or you know. I guess you could have those experiences by uh, like the long walk, yeah, uh, like the fellowship or something. But there is something about being in a mobile something and being able to like converse and look and, and listen and pay attention and learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is. And the river journey is the perfect example of that. I always wanted to go on a river cruise. 
Yeah. One of those Viking. I was just about to say that Viking River Cruise is my dream. Oh, God. Every time I watch the commercial for Downton. Downton Abbey, they always have. Oh, my God. Yep. You, Candace will, will tell you that it's like my favorite thing in the whole world. I took a little boat trip uh, between the Rhine and the Rhone. Like I went <sighs> around wow. and, you know, they're two different colors. And when you cross uh-huh. up, it's absolutely beautiful. But I really want to like go further. Like that, you know, yes. that was a short trip. Yes. Maybe if we ever do one of those cruises like uh, other podcasts do, we can do a Viking River cruise. I, you know, I like your you enthusiasm. Will, yeah, you will never get me on one of those boats. What? They're they're no small, way. and they're, no, they're five star dining. I've got two words. What? Poseidon Adventure. But it's a river. That's a huge boat. I don't care. And then it flips upside down, and then oh, I can't. And you can look right out and see like you can see the land. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, true. But, I can like doggy paddle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not that far. You're in a narrow river. All right. I'll go on your Viking cruise. Yes. Well, yeah, and we'll theme it like we're all uh, Egyptians. <laughs> there we go. Egyptians. Oh, there we go. <laughs> like that? Okay. I do. I do. <clears throat> um, all right, moving so, on. So we make landfall, uh, and it's time to break them up. And th- another piece that I like here is Yurik's like, the bears are solitary, which again. That was awesome. It's so cool, and then also unexpected to me. Like they also have a society, but he's like, ah, oh, you know what? They're happier on their own. Go do your thing. Be bears, you mm-hmm. know. And they go. Yep. I love that. That was fantastic. It was such a cool detail. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like in the Old Testament when they get to like the land of Canaan and then like every single they just go and get each of their all the tribes go and get mm-hmm. their own like spot and that's it and that kind of felt that way to me like they're gonna go and just have their own little well big space mm-hmm. um but are but are still a clan and will still cut me you up know, connect and and protect and be you know what they need to be mm-hmm. it's cool yeah call us if you need us but for now leave me alone yeah they're, yes. and they're gonna go live in the mountain like they've never lived in the mountains before this is like something mm-hmm. they're having a really new experience they're gonna eat Animals they've never seen before. They're going to hunt things they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. It's pretty right. cool. You know, yeah, you almost want to follow one of them, you know, and find out what their adventure is. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty- I liked it a lot. I wonder if they were excited. I, you would. I mean, I don't know. You would think. Yeah, but they seem so stoic. Maybe they're just like now. This is the new normal, and they just go. Yeah, very job-like. Right, like this very okay. Meh. Meh. They did seem interested in the mountains. They did seem interested in the terrain when they were kind of coming up to it. There was like a, whoa. Yeah. Like, I can't remember now what the, like there was something where they were specifically talking about it. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And it's like, don't fight. Like this was like, you know, go and be peaceful, I guess. Right. Uh, that yeah, that was precious. Um, and then Will, like Will and... And Yurik now are sort of near where they want to be, approaching where they need to be, or they believe they need to be. Mm-hmm. How yes. close are they now? I feel like it's a few days' journey. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just feel that way. <laughs> I feel like everything is a few days' journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're probably not going to be wandering around in the wilderness for four months. Yes, you know, yeah. but I feel I feel like it'll close. take maybe half a chapter at least. 
yeah. to mm-hmm. get to wherever, or a whole chapter to get wherever they're going to go. Will Will ride Yurik, or do you think Yurik will only, like, is Lyra the only one who ever will ride him? I feel or like Will's Rob. never, Will's, I don't feel like Will's going to ride him. I think they're coming at this almost as equals. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like uh, Yurik is going to let an equal ride him. Right. Will was also happy to be back on foot, like very, yeah. very happy to be kind of climbing and mm-hmm. shambling through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. All right. So Lord Asriel is on his way with some gyrocopters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can picture like little, like when I was a kid, I had like little ones that you would hold and you use your finger on a little trigger to make the thing go like yeah. yes. whirly, whirly yes. birds. I feel like there's like how many people fit in them? Like how many of them there are there? So he's got his whirly, whirly birds, his whirly gigs uh, on their way to save Lyra and protect Lyra and get Lyra and keep her safe. And the Magisterium has the opposite. They just want to nuke her basically, right? Uh, which makes it much harder for Lord Asriel's team to pick her up. They have to go in and safely extract her. Whereas the Magisterium is like, they don't care. They'll wipe out a village to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Right. This is kind of an intense, like that they're coming together, and Lord Asriel's are they're faster, but the Magisterium is just sort of moving. Uh, I'm concerned. Well, it's like the whole Magisterium has come together. It's not just right. you know one faction of the Magisterium. I mean, we've got mm-hmm. what the Consistorial Court of Discipline and the yeah. Society of the Work of the Holy Spirit, which is a mouthful. Yeah, but um, you know they've they've put aside their differences and they're going after Lyra because apparently whatever Lyra is doing is is just or not doing is just that important. Yeah, and they um, they also got themselves a new alethiometer reader. Mm-hmm. Someone was like better. They pitched that dude. They were done with him. It's too slow. Super slow. Well, he takes weeks. It's like, takes weeks to do a translation. Come on. Yeah. Not acceptable. And uh, Lord Asriel had his little guys. Is the Galathespians. Exactly. Yeah. Spying away. Yes. Uh, and they are growing critters. They are. They're uh-huh. growing dragonflies. Source. Yep. Awesome. Kind of big dragonflies. They're, even though Galathespians are very small, these are going to be really big. You know, this is like Antony from Ant-Man. Like, they're, it's going to be like a, yes. you know, a, a yeah. flying vehicle, a, a living vehicle. Uh, and they're, yeah, they, this is like something that they get and they nurture and they hatch and they, I'm, this is tremendous. What a I twist. Wish, I, I, I wish they spoke. Because I, I would love one of them to sound like uh, the the kit from Night Rider. Do, do we know they don't? Uh, I don't know that. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> I guess we'll find it. Fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> um, we also get to see our friend, or not friend, uh, Father Gomez, uh, interrogating um, some kids at, in Chittagaze. Yeah. Uh, they were the kids who chased uh, Lyra and Will. Yeah, little, little you know what? Little Angelica. Yeah, she has a little chip monsters. On her that's who they are. She, she has got a stick up her butt. She is. She. Oh yeah, hates they killed her. my brother. They was like, oh, they killed my brother. It's like, no, they didn't actually. Get right. over it. Big <laughs> <laughs> <Fake> news. <laughs> you know that's, that's not right. true. Right. Right. 
Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, the uh, the audiobook of these two is fantastic because uh, the, the actors who are doing the the voices mm-hmm. are clearly not Italian, but they're trying really hard to do an Italian accent for these kids. Oh, no. And yeah, uh, I want to buy pizza from them. It's like, hey, and this is a spicy meat Exactly. Box. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's way heavy handed. <laughs> It's oh, like, no. it's, it's a Mario. <laughs> I ain't never seen a grown-up do that before. Yes. You like the sauce? <laughs> <laughs> so good. So oh, good. No. Um, and then the specters appear to be avoiding him as well. Yes. Yes, and I don't, like, and Get he it. doesn't, yeah, how, why do they, why? Well, the Mary Malone thing, she was sort of told that they were yeah. going to alone so there seemed to be an outside force at work but the outside force for him wouldn't be dust right That's what I'm saying. like is there a bad dust, dust? on his side right i don't, I don't understand that dust that. thing that happens with all the flagellation he's or, or there's a they see that or it's something ups, upsetting about him maybe yeah, maybe it ups- out by him yeah it might upset the balance of his uh dust when he does whatever he does to get the absolution, the pre-absolution. Is it, is it maybe because he's such a terrible person? Like, cause don't they also leave Mrs. Culture alone? Yes. But like, cause somehow she gained rule them. Yeah. And, and, and I just wonder if it's because like, if their soul is that like dark and whatever, like the specters are like, you know, we'll pass. Like they don't want to devour that maybe because of how, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? This is yeah. not delicious. I don't, yeah, this right. is not, be tasty. not delicious. Yeah. So what we saw in the uh, what what uh, he's doing his absolution may be the opposite, and it somehow corrupts his. Yeah. And yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm wondering. I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll understand more as we move forward, or maybe this is just one of those things we just sort of have have to accept that the specters are choosy. In some way, yeah. There, there are other adults alive in this world that seem to. I mean, they're still afraid of the specters, but so far they've survived, and the specters have been there for a long time. Right. So maybe they just don't trifle, or or just don't even care about certain people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like the people that um, gave Mary food. Right. It's like right. they. I mean, you know, how did they survive? But they were still afraid of the specters. Yes, of course. But they, I mean, were, they were terrified. Of, yeah. Yeah. They were. Yeah. I don't think that they were immune, though. I think somehow that they had avoided him because they they wanted Father Gomez to keep hanging out with them. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mary to keep Mary, hanging out with yeah. them mm-hmm. because she somehow protected them from mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Hmm. More questions. More questions. Uh, and then the, the the rest of our reading this this these this chapter was about Mary and the Mulefa mm-hmm. and uh, what she is going through with them and how much they're really really connecting on a on a deep level mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she's speaking their language they've sort of chosen to she's chosen to learn their language she wants to understand them better they've learned some words of hers but she's really interested in them and I love it because she doesn't have like the attitude of uh, you know the colonizer. Right. She's not the person. She's not in there forcing them she's to learn guest. her languages. She's a guest. She acknowledges that, 
that this is theirs. This mm-hmm. is where they live. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's trying to learn their ways. I, I think it's. I think the depiction of Mary is really interesting. I do too. And they love her hands. Mm-hmm. They love them. They're fascinated love, with them. I love what Pullman does here because he he is so just just how in into his own characters he is that you know the kind of things that Mary would notice the detail of this society that we get and of the world and how they how they communicate their trunks and how they use those trunks and 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 they have to use things together and just like all of those things I, it was fascinating to read and the way then that Mary comes to realize that they are I, I love that part where it's, she, there are people, like they're uh-huh. not creatures. Mm-hmm. There are people, and and just the sensitivity to the you know autonomy and the and the independence of this you know and, and the grace and the beauty of what these things are, and that being human doesn't supersede that. Uh-huh. Being human doesn't doesn't overshadow that or isn't better. Um, and it was it really was beautifully I, it, it was beautifully written, and I felt sucked into the into that time mm-hmm. yeah you know um the thing that i just really loved was when uh she was sort of she's always looking to help and work, you know she wants to help mm-hmm. them um and she decided she was going to help uh or step in and help tie nets and she noticed that she's like i can just tie the knots myself um but she realized that one thing that the it took two of them two of the malefa to tie a knot that there was a social structure to that, and um, doing it by yourself promotes like loneliness and being alone and doing your own thing. And so she ends up joining with another malefa and using one arm and one hand to tie knots with someone, another one of their trunks. Mm-hmm. She made a conscious decision to be part yes. of really again joining them. Not oh, I can do this. I mean, eventually she does do something on the roof that they can't do to be helpful. But in this moment, she's like. I'm going to do it the way they do it, and because I want to be with them and work with them and have that unity that these these pairs seem to have. She was really interested in that. And that are, isn't that really the theme of this whole series? You know, the whole um, dichotomy between being alone, being lonely, and you know, and and having uh, company, having a partner, mm-hmm. uh, being able to reach out. I mean, you've got your the demons make everyone on their world, you know. Uh, Less long, but not long. Yeah, not yeah. I, I don't. I, there's a term for it, not, not binary. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. But uh, they're they're always a set. There, there's everyone in that world is a set. And then uh, you know, here all of the Malefas have to be a set in order to get anything done. It's interesting to me that it's our world where everyone acts alone, um, and somehow is are kind of sad and a little miserable. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is. And, you know, Will's connection to, you know, Lyra, they each have a uh, important tool that's brought mm-hmm. them together and they're sort of bound to, well, hopefully when she's found, eventually they can continue their quest and they'll be linked again and they they have a joint mission. Even mm-hmm. even um, Azrael has like surrounded him, so he's like completely surrounded by um other people and creatures and you think I'm sort of picturing how they're he's probably going to have a, a yang to his yin you know mm-hmm. um, or the Galvespians they're a pair mm-hmm. 
Um, it's it's it is interesting. There is very much a social. There's a social element to what these stories are telling. Uh, the the seed pods continue to be kind of an amazing creation. And talking about the young mulefa and how long it takes for them to eventually get a wheel. Uh, mm-hmm. It's almost like puberty in a way. They're, they're, they're not able to wield the wheel for quite mm-hmm. some time. I, I guess Mary thinks it's about 10 years before they can have a wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how clumsy they are without it. And how they sort of struggle to kind of, they're like loping around and like tripping and falling really for 10 years. I, you know, I have to wonder how the species was able to survive before it found the seed pods. I think they were together. It was like, I feel like that was developed at the same time in this okay. world. Okay. That seems to be they were there. You can't separate the two. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that they were almost discovered at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Or that they're what helped them, you know, like uh, I mentioned earlier, yeah. that was that was their version of the opposable thumb. Right. The claw. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting claw, too. It's not just sort of your typical claw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, think about the, there's been amazing creatures that have been created over, you know, uh, hundreds of years of literature, just amazing creatures. These have got to be in the in the conversation for being like top ten most interesting creatures that have been created in literature. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. One of my favorite books is uh, Wayne Barlow's Guide to uh, Science Fiction Extraterrestrials. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Wayne Barlow is fantastic. He does uh, he basically creates fictional creatures, um, and um, he's got a, a guide that's uh, a painting of all all of the. The classic science fiction aliens, from um, the Navigator from Dune to uh, the uh, the puppeteers from Larry Niven's work, mm-hmm. and um, I could I, I really would love to see a revised version of the of that with the Malefa because I feel like they're one of they they are a classic uh, sci-fi character. Mm-hmm. I mean species, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not the only species on this planet, as we mm-hmm. discovered. Or this world, uh, these little, you know what's the tuilapi mm-hmm. that look like sailboats until they get closer and you realize they're like horrible flying ostriches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that not only do they run the malefa off, the malefa are peaceful. Clearly, they're not. They don't even sort of attempt to stand up for themselves. Mm-hmm. They lay waste to their village. They eat everything in under a minute. Everything they've stored, all their stores, the meat that they just dried and salted, everything they've had, it's all gone in a minute. Then they trash everything. They, they for no reason, kick all their seed pods into the water, and then they take a dump on their village before they leave. Which is seriously, like, just the worst. It's just right. the worst. It's just... It's just I'm just reading it and just feeling just awful for them, which uh, is having to watch that. I mean, this is their home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, if they did everything and then didn't take a dump on their village, it's bad enough. Mm-hmm. But then all over the thatch and all over their roofs and all over everything, and just like going back, knowing you have to clean all that up, even just 
before you can sleep there. Just it's to live. So, just yeah. to live. Yeah. Right, because it was. I think if that if they hadn't done that, it could have been in some way chalked up or attributed to just like this is one of those species or creatures in this world that is not, you know, is not sentient. is mm, is just right. a creature yeah. and is just yeah. doing its own. But it feels like it was a very conscious choice to just to go back and be like, and furthermore, yeah. And you this know. one's for your old man. That's right. That's right. That said they were more than just animals. Yeah. Yep. It's like they, they took the time to really yeah. stick it to them. Like they, yep. they, they hate the Malefa. That's what, that's what it was. That was a, a hateful activity. Mm-hmm. It was. And I wonder if it's not connected to the seed pods and the, the trees dying. I'm wondering if the world is just, if that world is getting uglier. Getting sick, and mm. yeah. yeah, there's something that's going on. Maybe that's right. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't take a genius to sort of think Mary is gonna think about ways to protect them from these animals right away. She's probably already thinking about it, yeah. uh, even before she dives into the water and saves five of their seed pods. Thankfully, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, because the Malefa clearly can't swim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I would guess the wheels are turning for her as, as far as that's concerned. Hey, but we, <laughs> nice. That, that was accidental. <laughs> and then, you know, what we find here and the reason why they're so kind of protective of these pods is that something's changed here. Uh, the world, as you said, Travis is, is changed and, and the trees, no matter how much they're caring for them now, uh, taking care of the seeds and planting new trees, nurturing them, they're not, they're dying. Yeah. And to the Malefa, that's like their whole world is coming to an end if they can't mm-hmm. keep those things alive. Mm-hmm. And that has to be the rift, correct? It's got to be. It has to be the rift. I mean, because up until this point, they were, it was a perfect, like, symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. And and they were they were that you know the the mulefa are how those trees repollinate like the, you know without them they it wouldn't work so it's this beautiful you know symbiotic thing and now that's like no matter what they do so it yeah it has to be the rift and again how do you and we've talked about this before how do you come back if that get, you know when that or if that ever gets closed how does that balance come back I mean like we think about the fact that you know Australia was is still in right in places like on fire. How long would it take that ecosystem? It, it can never fully recover. Like right. things mm-hmm. are lost that are, that are irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, this may literally be the extinction event. Right. So, you know, that rift may literally be the extinction event for like Mulefa or possibly Panzerbjorn if they couldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. gotten to a Go different somewhere else. place. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it draining something out of the world that can never be replaced? Uh, Is it putting something into the world that is hurting the world? Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to know yet, but um, Mary's a bright, very bright um, cookie. And uh, I would expect she's going to be real busy in the next couple chapters that we read of her. Very busy. Yep. Well, uh, I'm happy to spend those time that time with her. I hope there's more chapters with her, like 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 that, like the, like concentrated Mary. 
Yeah, and we didn't talk about that. She didn't even know whether she should stay with them until she consulted the I Ching. Right. And you know, the Malefa are so interested in it, too. They're just interested in her using that. Mm-hmm. And they even, like, folded up for her at one point, which yeah. is so sweet. Um, but the I Ching's like, this is where you need to be. This is it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She got there pretty quick, considering. Yeah. It's like she went, she found the window, and she's there. It wasn't even that hard. She crawled through two windows. She's done. Right. I'm just really interested in how uh, divination is playing such a big role in this book, in this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the from the you know Althiometer itself to Alethiometer itself to the I Ching to the computer version of the Alethiometer in our world. Mm-hmm. We're just div- divination just is a big deal, which. Mm-hmm. To me, sound it seems awfully weird, considering the rest of the themes of the series. Yeah, that free will is such a, a major element. Yet at the same time, we're uh, putting so much credence in, uh, you know, the ability to see the future. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anxious to keep going. Yes. Well, it's so good to be back. So glad to have you back. So glad to be back. Yes. Um, the uh, the time away was spent. Uh, convalescing sort of i'm still convalescing um i had a a condition that kept me away but uh, i was very happy to be back and glad i didn't miss anything either um so it's going to be fun to continue reading yes now it's going to take us into like july (laughs) that's true nice um well it's great to see you guys um course visit us on the web and uh submit your questions feedback at the amber um and we're on youtube channel we love seeing comments on our youtube channel and uh you know listen like subscribe click the like button or the subscribe button or whatever button is down there if you like us even if you don't if you don't you don't have a choice you know give us five subscribe yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, All right. See you next week. Bye, everybody. See you later.